Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. Agnes de Graff stood in the center of her living room. The only light came from a small reading lamp on a table by a bookcase. Her hands fidgeted and she nibbled her lower lip as she stared out the window. For the past two nights, she had been haunted by the dead boy and she knew that tonight he would come again, but this time he would come to take her soul. She shot a glance at the clock on the wall. It was almost 10 p.m., and her stomach clenched, and she began to tremble. At the exact moment the clock struck 10, there was movement beyond the window. Her heart fluttered. She begged herself to look away, to find a place in the house with no windows and hide from what was about to happen. But she knew the only way to survive tonight was to confront the dead boy. For a moment, she caught only furtive movements of pale flesh. Then, a face materialized. It was that of an eight-year-old boy, Thin, black veins seemed to squirm below his pasty flesh. His lips were impossibly red, as if only they contained any lifeblood. His ghoulish grin was filled with teeth that were broken and yellow. He placed his hands on the window. His palms were corpse gray. His nails were long and caked with grime. His eyes were what caused her the most disgust. They were devoid of any color, as if both orbs had been removed and each empty socket had been plugged with a milky white snake egg. Even though they appeared lifeless, the boy locked them onto her and she felt a piece of her soul wither. 
Are you my mommy? She heard herself groan in angst. No, you know who I am. Then where is my mommy? When she spoke next, she called him by his name. She's gone, Riley. She's not here. Please go away. Riley tilted his head. She saw that something squirmed inside the cloudy snake egg of his right eye. Where did she go? he asked. I need to find her. I'm so lonely. Agnes had to force the next words from her throat. She's dead. Riley slowly moved his head side to side, seeming to consider what she had told him. Then, did you kill her? Agnes gasped and clutched at her throat. No, no, I, I didn't kill her. And I'm sorry this happened to you. So sorry. Go away, please, go away. Riley continued that slow, snake-like movement of his head, as if he were using cobra tactics to mesmerize. How did she die? Agnes began to cry. She died of heartache, Riley. After you left, she couldn't bear it, and it killed her. Riley's ghoulish grin widened as if an idea had just crawled into his mind. Will you be my mommy? Agnes sobbed. No, Riley, I won't be your mommy. I can't. Riley's grin transformed into a hateful sneer. He smashed his head against the window and the glass spiderwebbed with thin cracks. Agnes cried out, this was new. In neither of the previous two nights had Riley tried to enter the house. Her heart hammered. She took a tentative step forward, realized that was a bad idea, then took two steps back. Riley giggled. <laughs> when I get inside, we're going to have so much fun. Agnes had prepared for this inevitability. She had a gun a twenty-two pistol. She was wearing jeans and a denim shirt and a jacket. She pulled the gun from her jacket pocket and aimed at Riley. Go away, Riley, now, or I'll shoot you. Riley smashed both his hands against the glass, shattering it. Shards tinkled dimly onto the floor. If I'm dead, bullets won't hurt me. He clambered through the window and plopped onto the floor. He wore the same clothes he'd been wearing when he had died. Blue shorts, a t-shirt with a cartoon clown holding a red balloon, and a red and white Converse sneakers. The skin on his legs was the same corpse pale with black veins. The left side of his chest was caved in due to broken ribs. Agnes considered her options. She could run out of the house, but Riley stood too close to the front door. 
Besides that, she lived outside the town limits on two acres that butted up against the forest. Her closest neighbor was a mile away. Running from Riley in the dark of night didn't seem wise. She wasn't sure how fast he could run, but intuited that it would be supernaturally fast. If she could make it to the kitchen, she could grab her car keys and slip out the door leading to the garage. Maybe she could get into the car and lock the doors before Riley caught her. Riley held out his arms, as if reaching for a hug, and took a step toward her. I didn't want to do this, Agnes said, hoping that he was wrong and that bullets would hurt and even stop him. She pointed the gun and pulled the trigger. Two shots to his chest, knocking him back against the wall. Thick black blood oozed from the small bullet holes. Riley locked eyes with her. Why did you try to hurt me? Now you have to kiss it and make it better. Riley charged her. Agnes turned to run from the living room into the hallway. Riley snatched at her jacket, pulling her back. She was in danger of losing her balance. She tugged the zipper down and slipped out of the jacket just as Riley gave a hard yank. He stumbled and fell to the floor but shot up snake quick and ran after her. Agnes darted down the hallway into the kitchen. She snatched the car keys off the counter and headed for the door that led into the garage. Riley giggled and hit her from behind. He was surprisingly powerful. She fell to her knees and her head banged against the refrigerator. Pain shot through her head and her vision dulled. She felt blood trickle from a gash in her scalp. Riley jumped onto her back and pulled her hair, giggling as if they were only play wrestling. She reached back, grabbed his t-shirt, and with all her strength pulled him off her. She flung him away and slammed him into the island in the center of the room. She pushed herself up, her head spinning, and lurched toward the door. Riley pushed away from the island and snatched her ankle. He bit down into her calf. His broken teeth had sharp edges that sliced deep. Agnes screamed. She turned and punched Riley in the face. Still gripping her ankle, he yanked his head back and spat out a small chunk of flesh. Blood ran down his chin. Tears of pain and terror streamed down Agnes's face. She punched Riley again, this time in his right eye. He let go of her leg and covered his face with his hands. Agnes scooted away from him until her back bumped against the wall. You hurt my eye really bad, Riley said. Now you're going to regret it. He removed his hands from his face. The milky orb proved to be exactly what it looked like. It popped open, releasing a thick gray slime that oozed down his cheek. A foot-long black snake slithered out and fell to the floor at his feet. Riley snatched up the snake and flung it at Agnes. It landed on her chest and slithered between the buttons of her shirt. She screamed as she felt it squirm against her flesh. She ripped the shirt open, buttons popped off, and flew across the room. She snatched the snake and tried to fling it away from her, but it sank its teeth into the meaty part of her hand. 
She cried out in pain and ripped the snake free with her other hand. She flung it across the room. To her dismay, along with the snake, she accidentally tossed her keys that she'd been holding. Both the snake and the keys slid under the stove. Riley continued to giggle as if he were having playtime with friends. I have more surprises for you. He began to choke and cough, and his throat began to bulge as if a thick mass was working its way up into his mouth. Then she realized what she must do to save herself from more of this horror. It was what she should have already done. She snatched her cell phone from her jeans pocket, intending to call 911. But before she could press the numbers, Riley leaned forward and vomited a mass of thick black spiders. There were dozens of them, possibly hundreds. They poured from his mouth, over his broken teeth and blood-smeared chin, and onto the floor where they scattered toward her. Agnes screamed in disgust, pushed herself up, and ran from the kitchen back into the hall. From there, into the bathroom, where she slammed the door shut behind her. She locked the door and stepped away. There was a window, but it was too small for her to exit. But that was okay. She didn't want to exit. She had already concluded what she needed to do to stop the madness. Riley slammed into the door but it held. She knew it wouldn't hold for long. She was running out of time. Then, to her dismay, the spiders started crawling under the door and into the room. With shaking hands, she dialed 911. The operator answered and asked what the emergency was. Agnes answered in a raw, frantic voice. My, my name is Agnes DeGraff. And I know what happened to that boy who went missing last year. Riley hammered the door, knocking a small hole in its center. He reached one of his tiny hands through and began snatching at the door lock. Dozens more spiders poured under the door and crawled toward Agnes. She stepped into the tub to get away from them. You mean Riley Rosedale, the operator replied. What information do you have? Riley twisted the thumb lock on the doorknob. Agnes was full on sobbing. I killed him, but it was an accident. Riley slammed the door open. It banged against the wall. He stood in the doorway, smiling with a mouthful of broken teeth and one milky orb leaking slime onto his cheek. I was strung out on pills and driving when I shouldn't have been, Agnes moaned. He was riding his bike. I hit him. Oh, oh my, I killed him. And I was so scared. Nobody was around. Nobody saw. So I threw his body and the bike in my trunk and I drove home. I buried him in the woods at the edge of my property. The spiders poured over the edge of the tub and scattered down onto her feet. Riley stepped closer, giggling. His hands reached for her. I'm sending a deputy to your location the dispatcher said. You sound under distress. Are you okay? The spiders were crawling up Agnes's legs. Riley was one step away, his hands reaching toward her. 
No, I'm not okay. This started three nights ago on the one-year anniversary of me killing him. He's here now. He's coming to get his justice. And I deserve what's coming. Agnes let go of the phone, and it clattered to the floor. Her legs gave out, and she dropped into the tub. Spiders crawled in her hair, inside her shirt, over her face. And Riley Rosedale, smiling that gruesome, broken-toothed smile, leaned over her, put his tiny hands around her throat, and squeezed. <laughs>